Hello, I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and welcome to episode 33 of my Train Your Mind for Athletic Success podcast. This episode is the first of two that explores the power of mental imagery on athletic performance. The topic of today's episode is understanding mental imagery. If you do anything to work on the mental side of your sport, it better be mental imagery. Why, you ask? Because there is no more powerful mental tool than imagery, and it can have a huge impact on your sports performance, both psychologically and physically. From Allison Felix, the six-time Olympic track and field sprint champion. I am a big believer in imagery. I run my races mentally so that I feel even more prepared. So what, you may ask, is mental imagery? To be sure you understand precisely what imagery is, let me describe it to you. Many athletes, coaches, sports psychologists, and mental trainers call imagery visualization. Though I will use the term imagery, you can use them interchangeably. At the same time, though the seen part is important, I want to emphasize the importance of another key contributor to the power of imagery, namely feeling. And that's why I call it imagery rather than visualization. Effective imagery isn't just something that occurs in your mind. Rather, it is a truly psychological and physiological phenomenon in which you reproduce the actual athletic experience in your mind and in your body. Moreover, it impacts you in every way in your sport, psychologically, emotionally, physically, technically, and tactically. You can think of imagery as weightlifting for the mind because it strengthens every mental muscle. From Tracy Sobin, a graphic artist, Creating visual imagery is a state of mind. It involves the reproduction of what we see. But much more than that, it becomes an outlet to express feelings about what we experience. Now, let's explore the keys to quality mental imagery. There are six factors that impact the quality of your mental imagery. Perspective, vividness, control, feeling, speed, and total experience. You can develop each of these areas so you can get the most out of your mental imagery. Let's start with perspective, or what I call imagery camera. Imagery perspective refers to where that imagery camera is when you do your imagery. The internal perspective involves seeing yourself from inside your body looking out, as if you are actually performing your sport. The external perspective involves seeing yourself from outside your body, like on video. Research indicates that one perspective is not better than the other. Most people have a dominant perspective with which they're most comfortable. Some like it internal, some like it external. Use the perspective that's most natural for you, and then maybe experiment with the other perspective to see if it helps you in a different way. Here's an exercise to do to test where your camera is. Close your eyes and imagine yourself performing your sport for 15 seconds. Now, where was your imagery camera, internal or external? Now try it the other way and see what happens. Some athletes can actually switch easily from one camera view to another. But most athletes find that it takes a lot of effort to change views, that they quickly pop back to their comfortable camera view. The next key factor is vividness. Vividness involves how clear your images are. Are your visual images blurry or high definition? Are your feelings vague or sharp? It's not uncommon for athletes who first begin to do imagery to say that their imagery isn't very good. It's important to emphasize that imagery is a skill that takes practice. The more you do it, the better you get at it. 
Additionally, thanks to the widespread use of video in sports these days, it's easy for you to gain an accurate and vivid visual image of how you perform in your sport. And then you can translate that into your own imagery. Here's an exercise to experiment with the vividness of your imagery. Close your eyes and imagine yourself performing in your sport for 15 seconds. If it isn't as sharp as it could be, watch 15 seconds of yourself in your sport on video, then immediately repeat the imagery segment. Do this several times. You will likely see an improvement in your imagery vividness, and you can continue to use this exercise until your imagery is consistently clear and sharp. From George St. Pierre, the mixed martial arts champion, the key to effective visualization is to create the most detailed, clear, and vivid a picture to focus on as possible. The third key factor is imagery control. Have you ever been doing imagery and you keep making mistakes in your mind? For example, a basketball point guard sees the ball stick to the court while dribbling, or a golfer sees her ball pop out of the cup after she sinks a putt. This problem relates to imagery control, which is how well you're able to imagine what you want to imagine. It's not uncommon for many athletes, especially young ones, to initially perform poorly in their imagery. This occurrence seems odd to most athletes because shouldn't you be able to imagine whatever you want to imagine? But I found that this lack of imagery control is very common. In fact, I struggled it when I first started using imagery as a young ski racer. And I believe I know why. Imagery bypasses the conscious mind and taps into deeply held beliefs that athletes hold about themselves. When you make a mistake in your imagery, it can be a reflection of several issues. One, an error can reflect a fundamental lack of confidence in your ability to perform the way you want, even if it's just in your mind's eye. And again, from my past experience, this was my biggest problem as a ski racer, and it improved significantly as I learned to control my imagery. A mistake may also indicate that you haven't fully learned and ingrained a new technique or another aspect of your sport's performance. Finally, it might suggest that you don't fully understand some important aspects of what you're trying to imagine. Here's an exercise to help you assess and improve your imagery control. Close your eyes and again imagine performing your sport for 15 seconds. If you perform without errors, that's great, keep doing it. But if you make mistakes in your imagery, you shouldn't just let them go. If you do, you'll further ingrain the negative imagery and negative feeling, which will make it more difficult to retrain and gain more control of your imagery in the future. Instead, when you perform poorly in your imagery, immediately rewind the imagery video in your head and edit the imagery video until you do it correctly. From the Olympic heptathlon gold medalist Jessica Ennis Hall, I use visualization to think about the perfect technique. If I can get that perfect image in my head, then hopefully it'll affect my physical performance. The fourth key to quality imagery is feeling. As I indicated above, feeling is for me the most important part of imagery. I mean two things when I talk about feeling in your imagery. First, when you do imagery, I want you to actually feel it in your body as if you're in fact performing. What you're trying to do is fool your body into thinking you're actually performing your sport. Many athletes I've worked with will find that their bodies move completely unconsciously when they imagine themselves in their sport. Moreover, there is scientific evidence that when you do imagery, you're actually triggering your muscle memory in the same way as when you're actually physically performing, though of course not at the same level of activation. This occurrence may explain why research has shown that athletes can in fact learn new sports skills using imagery alone without actual physical practice. Second, 
When you do imagery, I want you to feel your performances at an emotional level. For example, if you feel calm and contented before you actually compete, you should recreate that serene feeling in your imagery. In contrast, if you get nervous when you actually compete, you should feel nervous before you compete in your imagery, and then use mental tools to relax yourself. Because you can reproduce your emotional reactions in your imagery, you have the opportunity to ingrain positive reactions and retrain negative reactions in your imagery, which will then translate into your actual competitive performances. Here's an exercise to assess and explore how much you feel physically and emotionally in your imagery. Again, close your eyes, and while imagining yourself performing your sport for 15 seconds, focus entirely on your feeling your performance in your body. For example, your muscles, your breathing, and your movements. Next, repeat the imagery with a focus on the emotions you want to experience when you compete. Then, combine the two types of feelings into another 15 seconds of imagery. In a final 15 seconds of imagery, take those two kinds of feelings and add in your visual imagery in which you combine all three modes of imagery. From Michael Phelps, the 23-time Olympic swimming champion. Before the Olympic trials, I was doing a lot of relaxation exercises and visualization, and I think that helped me to get a feel for what it was going to be like when I got there. I knew that I had done everything that I could to get ready for that meet, both physically and mentally. The fifth key to quality imagery is speed. The ability to adjust the speed of your imagery will enable you to use imagery to improve different aspects of your sports performance. Slow motion imagery is effective for focusing on technique. When you first start to focus on technique in your imagery, slow the imagery down, frame by frame if necessary, to see yourself executing the skill correctly. This quote-unquote slow-mo is no different from beginning a new technical skill during a training session. In both cases, slow motion enables you to focus entirely on the new skill without the usual distractions, maintain control of your movements, and repeat the skill until, until it becomes progressively more automatic. Then, as you see and feel yourself performing well in slow motion, you can increase the speed of your imagery until you can perform it well in real time. Doing imagery in real time allows you to get comfortable with the speed at which you want to perform in competition. Finally, what I call fast forward. When you imagine yourself performing as if your mental video is on fast forward, super fast, it can also be incredibly beneficial in your imagery. This accelerated imagery is helpful because it forces you to not think too much, trust your body, and just react. You can continue to use the different imagery speeds at different points in your season. In the off-season, for example, you can use slow motion to deeply ingrain good technique and tactics. As the season approaches, you can use fast forward to instill trust and quick reactions. Then, as you enter the competitive season, you can shift to real time to prepare for the actual experience of performing in your sport. I found that athletes' relationship with time in their imagery is related to how much experience they have. Athletes with less experience tend to either perform in their imagery slower or faster than real time. For example, when a certain exercise or segment of a performance takes 45 seconds to actually ex execute, it takes some athletes only 15 seconds to complete, and others aren't even halfway through when the 45 seconds are up. In contrast, experienced high-level athletes are able to imagine themselves performing in almost precisely real time. For example, a world-class figure skater imagined herself performing her long program within one to two seconds of the four-minute program limit or a 400-meter runner imagining himself running within a few tenths of a second of his personal best. 
Here's an exercise for you to experiment with your use of different speeds in your imagery. First, imagine yourself performing in your sport for 15 seconds in slow motion. In this imagery, see and feel yourself executing proper technique and tactics. Next, imagine yourself for 15 seconds in real-time speed and see if you can maintain your form and quality of performance. Then in the last 15 seconds, imagine yourself at fast-forward speed, allowing your body to perform without conscious interference. The last key to quality imagery is total experience. The very best imagery involves the complete multi-sensory reproduction of the actual sports experience. You should duplicate the sights, sounds, physical sensations, thoughts, and emotions that you would experience in an actual competition. As you practice and gain comfort with the use of imagery, you can incorporate more aspects of your actual sports performance. Your goal is to make your imagery as close to the actual athletic experience as possible. Here's an exercise you can use to develop that total experience in your imagery. Break your imagery down into four 15-minute segments with a five-second pause in between. In each segment, focus on the following modes of imagery separately. Visual images, physical sensations, thoughts, and emotions. Then, over the course of another four 15-second segments, starting with the visual images, add in another mode. So by the end, you're incorporating all four into one total imagery experience. You may find that your imagery is lacking in one area that I've just described. If so, don't be discouraged because you're no different than most athletes when they first start using imagery. Imagery is a skill, just like any other skill, that takes time and effort to understand and develop. My own personal experience and my work with many athletes suggests that it will take up to several months to get comfortable with and gain complete mastery over your imagery. From Johnny Wilkinson, the former English rugby star, you are creating the sights and sounds and smells, the atmosphere, the sensation, and the nerves, right down to the early morning wake-up call and that feeling in your stomach. It helps your body to get used to performing under pressure. Finally, be realistic in your imagery. Your goal when you do imagery is to make it as realistic as possible. That is as close to your actual performance experience as you can. The idea is that the more realistic you can make it, the more you will ingrain realistic images and feelings that will then transfer to actual performance in your sport. There are two places in which you want to be realistic. First, imagine yourself performing under realistic conditions. In other words, always do imagery under the conditions in which you normally compete. That is, if you're usually competing in difficult conditions, for example, really cold or hot weather, snow or rain, or hostile spectators, imagine yourself performing under those conditions. Only imagine yourself performing under ideal conditions if you typically compete in ideal conditions. Imagining yourself in realistic conditions helps you feel confident and comfortable in those conditions and also shows you what you need to do to overcome those conditions. Second, if you're a young athlete, don't imagine yourself performing like a pro or an Olympian. You can't do that when you actually perform in your sport, so you shouldn't do that in your imagery. Instead, imagine yourself performing the way you normally do, but incorporate positive changes that you're working on some of which you may have learned by watching the best athletes in your sport. In other words, imagine a slightly better version of yourself performing, requiring you to incorporate beneficial technical or tactical changes into your current level of performance. Thus, you're creating an image and a feeling of how you believe you can perform in the near future. From Wayne Rooney, the English football star, 
I lay in bed the night before the game and visualize myself scoring goals or doing well. You're trying to put yourself in that moment and trying to prepare yourself to have a memory before the game. I've always done it my whole life. I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and thanks for listening to episode 33 of my Train Your Mind for Athletic Success podcast. And be on the lookout for episode 34 in the near future.